The following podcast is completely fictional. All of the characters, even those based on real people, are fictional. They are just impressions by a weird dude talking to himself for your enjoyment. Hola, amigos! It's your boy, ATD. It's another episode of The Lot Scene. Today, we're going to be talking about the year that was 1999. Why do I still love it? Why is everyone still talking about it? Are they? I don't know. We're going to talk about it today. And we're going to bring on my homie, Jay Dead, to also talk about it with us. He's coming back on the pod. We are going to get a special drop in from the impenetrable virus that is COVID-19. Also, we're going to get a, an exclusive interview with Widespread Panic. And lastly, we're going to get a special treat. That's right. Bob Dylan, the legend, the greatest songwriter maybe of all time, He's coming by the studio, and turns out he's a huge Biscuit fan, and he's going to play us some tunes. Uh, all right, everybody, strap in your freaking bootstraps, because it's another episode of The Lotsy. You know, don't want to dwell on it, but (laughs) I saw this band in 99. It's either something that uh, you did and you brag about for the rest of your life, or you didn't do it and you hear your your friends talk about and brag about forever. It's a certain uh, elitist type of existence that us 99ers live, just knowing we caught a glimpse and and we were part of this insane year. And yeah, we're we're just never going to stop talking about it. Was twelve thirty ninety nine the greatest show of all time? I don't know, but we're gonna keep bringing it up in all of the discussions, the greatest shows, and greatest performances and greatest sets. You know, if you were there, you needed, and if you weren't, you weren't. You know, and that's just how it was, right? Well, yeah, sort of. I mean, I kind of was there. I saw one show, nine nine ninety nine. Um, you know, it was one set. It wasn't even a full show, but yet I can still. Walk around with my head held high, uh, just a just a pompous motherfucker, just knowing that uh, I saw the biscuits in '99. You know, and listen, and uh, when I've told people that, you know, they're like, "Damn, dude, I wish I was on board with that shit." Or, "Damn, dude, yeah, that would be cool." But uh, yeah, I'm 30, so <laughs> that would have been impossible. I would have been fucking 10 years old. And yeah, I guess it's uh, it's something to brag about, and it's also something that it shows your age. And I'm okay with that. And if you are listening and you are like 25 years old and you love the Disco Biscuits, then yeah, there was no way you were going to catch that shit. And that's cool because what they're doing now, honestly, is just as cool. Really, it really is. Don't let anyone tell you that it's not. But 99 is special in that it was the year that everything kind of clicked as to what this band was now looking to do. 
and they were just fueled by, I don't know, rage, ecstasy, a combination of everything where they all had this sound that was that was really coming to be in 97, 98, and then really just flourishing in 99, right out the gate. And, you know, if you were alive and, you know, even if you were a teenager like myself or in your 20s or, you know, you were into Fish and you were into these other bands, you know, you couldn't deny that this band, you know, did something incredible in 1999. Uh, if you, a lot of people who were Fish people were turned on to the Biscuits in 99, uh, they had no choice but to pay attention a little bit, it's just what it was. And you and, and a lot of people got on board. A lot of people then jumped off board. Uh, but for a, a moment there, I'd really say that they were the biggest band in the jam world for that year. And, and it's also partly because it was also that first year where it really felt like Fish kind of fell off. 97, 98 were huge. 99 was that first year in a while where it felt like maybe there was a bit of a red candle Oh, my God, did I say that? Yeah, no, I'm talking crypto. I'm talking. <laughs> it was a bit of a a bit of a downside. I don't know. It was like Farmhouse came out. And like looking back, like that album slaps. Like, honestly, there's, you know, so many great songs from that from that album. And uh, that 99 was great. But, you know, compared to what was happening up until that point, 99 got everybody nervous, like, uh-oh, you know, they're playing heavy things on Letterman. Uh, we should all freak out. Uh, also, side note, I was at the Letterman performance where they played heavy things. And, yeah, I was I was kind of a hater a little bit of what was happening. And I was freaking out a little bit about the direction of this band who I was only a fan of for a few years. And all of a sudden, I'm critical of, of them and thinking that they're falling apart. You know, looking back, we're, we're, we are idiots. I mean... Yeah, 99 was, I think, kind of like the real beginning of, like, when the band maybe were, were getting deep into drugs, like, into harder drugs. And then that continued for the next, you know, five years. Uh, so, sure, there are some reasons, you know, that maybe we were rightfully alarmed by some changes we were seeing. But ultimately, the jam scene was stronger than ever. And it wasn't really until the next year or two where all of a sudden jam bands started to become uncool and you know the new york music scene kicked in and the strokes and the vines and the areas and that whole thing and interpol which honestly i love all that shit too but yeah there was a shift in the mentality of what people wanted in their music and there was a rock revival of sorts and from that point jam bands uh are uncool so the, the very end of the 90s you had just this just raging jam band scene where you had fish dominating you had panic and you still had mo and you had string cheese and you know things were just raging and the biscuits came out of that there was a bunch of great bands that i was following at that point that were like you know what tier two or three kind of type jam bands you know i loved god street wine i don't know if anyone here is familiar but they were so great they had like all these songs about girls but they jammed hard and they had great great guitar licks and like I love God Street Wine I was into Deep Banana Blackout uh, I was into The Slip I was into just jam just that whole time was just so much jam banding Miracle Orchestra Aid fucking every, time, every two minutes another jam band was formed back then you know and they all went by you know some variation of of words you know it's like if you combine the word orchestra and project or groove and you just kind of were like, we're the Miracle Groove Orchestra. 
project, you know, and that's and then they and then they played at your college every weekend. And that was just uh, that was just what shit was what we were doing back then. So, you know, the biscuits come are coming out of that. They're coming out of this. This is the wetlands, you know, this is uh, which I got to go to, which is which was just peak time. Like if you got to go to wetlands in New York City in the late 90s, early 2000s, if you got to experience that, um, then, yeah, you know what? Hold your head up high and know that you're a queen. Uh, (laughs) I don't know. It's all kind of stupid. I, at this point, here's how I look at it. 99 was the year that I got into the Disco Biscuits, obsessed about the Disco Biscuits. I burned so many CDs from my buddy Josh, who already, he got me into the Biscuits in college, freshman year. And he just had a hundred plus CDs of live shows of theirs from 98, 99. And I burned so many of them, just sitting at his computer, burning CD after CD. And then I would go take my little crack back to my my five-disc changing CD stereo. And I would play those CDs over and over and over until I couldn't listen to them anymore. And then I'd go back to his dorm room and, uh, you know, and then just sit there and burn another five or ten biscuit shows. And just, you know, studied up and just drove my, my roommate nuts with my newfound obsession and I became a fan of, of this band because of what they were doing in 1999, because of songs like Bizarre Escape and Voices Insane and Helicopters. And now I still go back and I still have moments where I listen to 99 shows. And I really feel like at this point, like, I don't listen to it that much. I actually listen to mostly new Disco Biscuits because I feel like their sound has matured and become something so much bigger at this point. And their balls are out there on the table so much more where they're jamming so much harder. And I listen mostly now to newer Disco Biscuits. I do. There's so much stuff I love about what they're doing now. But I would say 99 at this point has been reserved for my rainy day listening. Like if it's like cloudy and rainy out and dark and, I, you know, I, I, that's when I, for some reason, I'm drawn to listening to some 99 biscuits. Like there's nothing better than just like a rainy weekend day and there's nothing really going on. Uh, and I just put on some 99 biscuits. And that's really what it's there for for me at this point. It was just an electric moment in time where you could feel that people were jumping on board and they were saying, this is the future of this scene. And they weren't wrong, but it wasn't exactly how we thought it would all pan out. But it also, I mean, looking back on it and it, the fact that it's still going and it's like better now than ever, this band really does. I mean, out of all the billions of freaking jam bands that popped up from that time frame, uh, and, you know, there's not that many standing anymore and and flourishing so yeah we were right to think that this band was something special i don't know to stick with a band this long when you see them at a bar and now they just get bigger and bigger and you know it has such a big scene now and here i am talking about it on a podcast yeah that's cool that's been one of the uh, most special treats of my existence has been to be a young man and to see this band who are also a bunch of young guys at a small bar and to just be like, I love this, and then to just be a part of this scene and to see it grow for my entire life. That's, you know, to this point. And and hopefully, yeah, to my entire life. Like, that is that is a amazing treat. It feels like what would be akin to seeing 
fish, you know, way earlier than than when I saw fish. Uh, you know, I jumped on in 97. If I jumped on in, in the 80s, that's how I'd feel about fish. And it would just be this like super proud feeling of like, hey, I was here when they were nothing, you know, not how I saw them, which was a Worcester Centrum, uh, an MSG. But, you know, or like even seeing the dead, you know, if you saw caught the dead, you know, in the, in the early 60s. So in the early 60s, I don't even know, before they were banned. When you saw them as a warlock, you saw the dead as a war, when they were the warlocks, that's that's kind of how I, I feel. There is a certain uh, pride to it, but there's also like, I mean, if anyone's going to tell you that it, it was better then than it is now, uh, I think that's bullshit. I think they were hungry back then. They were loud. They were playing a ton of notes and they were playing them all over on top of each other. And they were doing some incredible stuff. And there was incredible energy in the rooms when you would see them. But really, I mean, come on. What you're getting now is just such a crisp, professional, just big sound that is a band that has revolutionized, honestly, this entire genre, I think. And you can't compare the two. You can't. You can't. You, you can't say that the what they were doing before really rivals what's happening now. However, there's you know there's those who would disagree, and and I'd like to bring on someone who will definitely disagree with me on this. Uh, welcome back to the podcast, everybody. My friend, Jay Dead. Jay, how are we doing? Nice to have you here on the podcast. Good to be here. Yeah, yeah. So we're talking 99, which I know was uh, a year you loved seeing the biscuits. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 99 was great, you know. That was, that was back when the band was really trying, really working. You know, they were onto something really special. You know, everybody talked about it. They had a lot of heat on them. You know, it was great. You know, scene's trash now. You know, music sucks now. But back then, 99, dude, that was fucking, that was the best, dude. Yeah, and I had a feeling, I mean, obviously that you were you were going to come on here and you were going to say that. So, you know, based on, on your last time you were here on the podcast. Yeah, I was on the, on the first episode of the podcast and, uh... You know, I mean, podcast is trash now, dude. I, I'm sorry, what? Yeah, dude, your podcast now? It's fucking trash, dude. Well, fucking podcast, dude. It fucking sucks. I'm sorry, dude, this is like the sixth or seventh episode. Like, you're telling me that the it's now trash from just a few weeks ago? Yeah, your podcast was really good. It was really funny, the first episode, the second episode, you know, but the whole, whole podcast has been total trash since Barber, dude. You're saying it's been trash since the Barber interview? Yeah, dude, just been downhill, just fucking jump the shark, dude. Trash, dude. Okay, so you're saying that the podcast that you're on right now, yeah, uh, that this podcast that you were on in the first episode, that in this very first season, that it's already jumped the shark and that it's now just total trash. That's right, dude. I mean, it was fire, dude. No doubt. Like, first couple episodes were sick. Uh, I mean, everybody was kind of talking about it. They said, this is really funny. You know, Buffett Dave, he's really doing some great stuff. I'm um, really excited to see what he does. And then everybody's just basically been talking about how it's trash now, dude. It's trash now? Yeah, dude. It's hot garbage, dude. I mean, yeah, dude. We kind of like this more when you tried a little bit, you know, maybe just instead of this uninspired impressions, dude. Well, I mean, I don't look at it like that. I, I think it's honestly, I think it's 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 getting better with with time. Yeah, you would say that, you know, I'm telling you, dude. 
I'm on the boards. I'm on the boards day and night. Yeah, I, I get that. You're on the boards day and night. Trolling is what you're doing on the boards day and night. I, you know, call it what it is, but I'm on the boards. You know, I see what people are saying. Do you or are you just on there just talking shit? Because, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, Jay, if you were on there starting these rumors about my podcast. I mean, listen, I mean, if someone's going to say something, I'm going to say it too. I mean, I'm, I'm allowed to have my opinions. And honestly, like the episode I was on, that was straight flames, dude. I mean, it really was. It was super funny. Everyone said it was like the funniest thing they've ever heard. Uh-huh. And then it's just been like downhill. It's just been totally trash now, dude. Podcast sucks now, dude. My podcast sucks now, huh? Yeah, dude. Uh-huh. So, Jay, um, you know, appreciate your honesty on that. Sure thing, dude. But uh, what was it about 1999 that was so awesome for you, Jay? Oh, dude, I mean, you know, fish was, fish was pretty solid back then. You know, the scene was sick. You know, it was before nitrous ruined everything. Uh, everybody was way more kind back then. Yeah, the biscuit shows were way better. 99, you know, th- they were just playing with a lot of energy. They were on ecstasy pretty much every night. Uh, I know that because uh, I did feed them ecstasy, a lot of 99 tour. And um, yeah, you know, they were really cool. They would hang out. Uh, at, you know, sometimes they'd even, you know, need a place to sleep and they'd like sleep like in my living room, you know? And it's like, you know, the band never sleeps in my living room anymore, dude. It's like fucking scenes trash now, dude. Yeah. Well, they don't sleep in your living room anymore because the, they're, they made a lot of money and, uh, now they're successful musicians. So they don't need to sleep on your floor anymore, Jay. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. They don't need to. And you know, it shows, dude, it really shows through the music. Uh-huh. So what were your, what were your favorite shows from 1999, Jay? Well, you know, first things first, you gotta talk about twelve thirty ninety nine. Yep, I knew you'd say that. Um, other than that, you know, uh, three twenty seven ninety nine, you know, probably four thirty, and five one, probably rounded out for me. Those were those are pretty epic right there. I love some wetland shows, you know. Yep, yep, those are all great, man. Yeah, and you can't forget twelve six ninety nine. Uh, well, I know twelve four ninety nine. I mean, that's an epic, epic show. Yeah, yeah, that one's good too. That one's straight flames. But now I'm talking about twelve six ninety nine. Yeah, they actually did a sh- birthday show for like uh, my friend Maddie in his basement one night. Um, they just did like a three set heater. It's not like a show that anyone else has seen. It was just like me and a couple friends and we all just partied and the biscuits played. They actually just called it like a rehearsal, but, um, either way, it was the best show I've ever seen. And, uh, yeah, so 12, 6, 99, gotta talk about that. Well, not really, cause no one else could have been there except like you and your boy Maddie, it sounds like, and a few people. And it doesn't sound like that was actually a show anyone could buy tickets for. So I don't really think we can say that that is the best show of 99. No, it was. No, it was definitely the best, like... Yeah, it sucks that, like, no one else was there, except, like, unless you were invited by Maddie, like, if you were his close personal friend, but, yeah, I mean, other than that, like, yeah, it was just us and the band hanging out, and we played some beer pong after, and, yeah, we just kind of kicked it, and, like, Barbara hooked up with uh, my cousin, it was, like, a whole thing, like, it was really cool, they all slept in sleeping bags, like, in the basement, because everybody was too fucked up, and, and Sammy puked, but he puked in the bathroom sink, not the, the toilet, and he clogged up the sink, um, his parents had to pay, like, for all this plumbing and stuff, which was kind of a bummer, but it was so sick, dude, Sammy was so sick back then, dude, and, like, I I don't know those are just like the best show ever dude and they played like a 45 minute to cw and it was just like 99 man it was just great times man and uh that show right there that's that's probably the pinnacle of of 99 right there yeah i that sounds cool and all but that again i mean that's not like a show that we can even pull up like even archive.org doesn't have that show so i don't think that counts yeah no one taped it you know the set list um i, I probably could pull it up somewhere from like my back of like my memory but i don't think you're gonna find that show anywhere else so yeah that was probably the sickest show though okay jay well i appreciate your input on 99 of course since you were there as well sure was 
seems trash now. Huh? All right, Jay. Well, uh, thanks again for coming by the podcast. And, and who knows, maybe we can have you back on the podcast in the future. Yeah, probably not, though. I mean, the podcast is trash now. So, you know, maybe if it like, you know, you start maybe getting a little more inspired and just stop kind of endlessly noodling on the mic, uh, maybe, you know, get a little more heat on you. I could probably come back. But, uh, you know, okay, well, Jay dead, everybody. Jay dead. All right, our next guest on the podcast, this flu epidemic, this virus, has come and it has made things very difficult and uh, and, and, and a lot of people have uh, lost their lives and a lot of people have lost their family members. And I cannot stress how devastating COVID-19 has been to the world. But COVID-19 has to be on this podcast and pop in and talk with us. And so how can you say no to a global pandemic? So, so ladies and gentlemen, please welcome COVID-19. COVID-19, appreciate you coming by the studio. I'm just going to put on a mask if you don't mind. Yep, it is. Cloth mask, not going to do it. Yeah, we learned that one. Yep, if you made circle logo cloth masks, not going to cover it. You can still get COVID-19. Yep, no, we, we're we're on board with that. We get it. I have many variants. Yep, we're, we're seeing that. So, <clears throat> now COVID-19, I we have to ask the first question. Why, out of all the podcasts, all the TV shows, you know, all the, the TV networks, why did you choose to come on the lot scene to talk today? Well, that's a great question, Dr. Dave. And the simple answer is this. Yes, I have done unbelievable amounts of destruction and caused millions of people to die. But the reason I chose to be on this podcast is because, simply, I freaking hate jam bands. Oof. I just really, they just tick me off. Like, I really... Do not like the music of jam bands. I don't get it. That's what you wanted to come on the podcast and talk about? Sure. We could talk about some of the terrible things that I've done over the years, you know? And I have, you know? But more than anything, so much of it is fueled by my absolute hatred of jam bands. Oh, yeah, you're not uh, you're not a fan of jam bands, okay? That's just not the music you prefer to listen to, COVID-19? Hey, don't get me wrong. I love music, okay? I can get down to some Foster the People, you know? I can shake my butt to a little Rihanna, but for me, the greatest joy is when I can spread my flu all over and cancel some jam band shows. Oh my god, it just tickles my soul. Oh, like, this past New Year's and the New Year's before that, where I just, boom, just hit everybody right in December and just canceled all those jam band shows. Yeah, but I mean, a lot of other shows were canceled, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, other shows were canceled. Of course, all concerts had to be constantly rescheduled, right? But there's nothing. Um, but honestly, the whole reason I did it, jam bands. I'm just so sick of hearing about these jam bands scheduling their New Year's, you know? Oh, man, I canceled Lotus, canceling Fish. I was canceling widespread shows. I was canceling lean shows. I was canceling pigeons playing ping pong shows. I canceled goose shows. I canceled leftover salmon shows. 
are, there, are they even still around? I mean, I, if, even if they were thinking about coming back, I'd cancel those shows. I was on everybody, okay? String cheese incident, cancel. And I'm gonna come up with three or four or five or six more variants and, and see how many more I can cancel. Playing in the sand? <laughs> I don't think so. Cancel. And that was the Omicron variant, which was weak as fuck. The shit's too easy above the damn shit. is too easy. You know, COVID, that brings up a point. You know, I had tickets to the Fillmore show in March of 2020, and I was going to go with my girlfriend. And then they ended up canceling last minute. I'm talking last minute they had to cancel. I was about to drive from Baltimore to Philly, and then you, you hit. And I hit hard, ATD. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. And it's it's nothing to joke about. But honestly, man, come on. I took it easy on the disco biscuits. I mean, I still, you guys still got holidays. Yeah, you're right. I mean, we got holidays. And you did New Year's this year. Nobody did New Year's. Yeah, why did you spare the disco biscuits and let them do holidays in Mexico and them do New Year's Eve? Why the biscuits? Well, well listen, I hate jam bands. I fucking hate them. They suck. I don't get it. But I'll tell you this much. Even me, I got a heart, okay? And the biscuits, they've had some pretty bad breaks over the years. Yeah, they really have. It's like one obstacle after another with that band. It's like the minute they get some some momentum, something happens knocking them back down. Tell me about it. So I just figured, listen, you know, I've canceled plenty of their shows. I've canceled, I'm canceling jam bands left and right. The Biscuits, I said, all right, have your stupid little holidays. Have your shitty little New Year's. I mean, I was still there. Don't get me wrong. I was still at the Fillmore. Oh, you were? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I didn't cancel the whole event. I could have given it to any of the band members, and I spared them. But I, I did go over there, and I did spring a little COVID here and there. Uh, yeah? You know, like, I'd see a couple, right? And then I would go and I'd spring a little COVID just on one person in the couple, right? And then I'd have them test positive, and then have them have to choose whether they were both going to not go in the show, or the person that tested negative got to go in, and then I'd separate them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm twisted like that. I'm silly. I'm really silly like that. I really am. Damn, dude. My boy Spunrob, you did that too. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I don't pay attention to their names. I just find it hilarious when I do stuff like that. I'm really silly. I don't know if silly is the word for that, COVID-19. Is that what I should call you? Or what do you prefer? C- coronavirus or COVID SARS or China flu or... I killed me love. Above the name. I killed freaking Meatloaf. You you did kill Meatloaf. Yeah, I killed I killed Debo from Friday. Yeah, I killed him. Yeah, yeah, I'm aware of that. I killed Roy. You killed who? I killed Roy. I don't. Of Sigmund and Roy. Oh, Sigmund and Roy. Yeah, yeah, the guys with the tigers. Yeah, I killed Roy. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I killed Tom Seaver. Dude, I'm a Mets fan. That fucking that sucks, dude. I killed Herman Cain. Yeah. Yeah, you did. But more than anything, the thing that makes me happy about the day, you know what that is? What is that? That I killed the hopes and spirits of all you lame-ass jam band fans. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Nothing makes me happier than seeing you guys get all excited about a tour announcement just to crush you and make you go back into your freaking holes and wait it out year after year, thinking you're going to go see live music, thinking you're going to go party unabashedly, taking drugs, sharing in the groove. <laughs> Come on, you freaking lamos. No one wants to do that. So yeah, sure, I was made in China, and I came here, and I caused mass destruction. But 
Truthfully, I wouldn't have done even a tenth of this if it wasn't for your lame-ass, shitty music. But I had to just keep on going, variant after variant, making sure that you tie-dye wearing, cargo shorts having, Birkenstock rocking losers take a freaking break and realize that the music that you're chasing is just you escaping from something and living in the past, okay? Oh wait, I'm just getting word of something. Oh my. It looks like Goose has just announced that they're going to be doing a full summer tour. <laughs> looks like I have to go back into the lab and cook up another variant. Alright everybody, well that has been COVID-19. Give it up for COVID-19, everyone. Alright guys, let's keep it moving. Our next guests are a Southern style jam band that have been around for decades they are incredible musicians and we are so excited to have this huge band uh, come by the podcast again I I feel so blessed that I get to speak with some of these uh, incredible musicians and this is no exception so everybody give a warm welcome to the incomparable widespread panic Oh my god. Oh. Whoa. Okay. No, no. Oh my god, no. Oh my. What? Calm down, guys. Calm down. Everybody, calm down. Please, everyone. It's not... It's not that bad. It's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay, guys. Guys, it's gonna be alright. Guys, no, it's all right. Oh man, no, no. Okay, this is not what I envisioned. No, this is not. Uh, is, this, is this supposed to be funny? Is this supposed to be funny? Because I don't know if I was funny. I was told I was going to be speaking with the band Widespread Panic. This is a long way to go for a joke. Oh, God, no. Oh, my God. Everybody calm down. Can we just chill? Everybody chill the fuck out. Everybody. I can't. I can't conduct an interview like this. I need everybody to chill out. Guys, we're never going to get any questions done like this. Everybody. Guys, this is not a professional environment. I'm going to need people to just calm down. Stop screaming. So that we can start getting into the questions. Guys, this is a... Why are you screaming? This is just a podcast. Okay, you can just talk at normal volume. There's no need to get crazy. It's just a podcast interview. Okay, because if you can't keep it down, then we're going to need you to... You know what? Okay, I can't. We're going to call it. I can't do this. This is too much. Guys, this is too much. Everybody give it up for widespread panic. That was something else. I didn't... Okay. All right, everybody. I am seriously very excited for our final guest of this episode. 
This man uh, is one of the finest songwriters. You can't even argue it. He's one of the best songwriters of all time. Uh, he is the quintessential folk hero. He is a man who has spanned over five plus decades of, of writing music and uh, has found ways to reinvent himself in incredible ways. And it turns out that America's most beloved folk singer is also a huge Disco Biscuits fan. And he's here to, to play some songs of the Disco Biscuits like only he can. So give a warm welcome, everybody, to a rock god, Mr. Bob Dylan. Thank you so much for coming on the pod. How you doing today? I'm doing good. Real good about the grief. You mind if I play a couple whiskey tunes? Oh, you want to get right into it, do you? That's right. Well, man, I can't stop the legendary Bob Dylan. You want to play some, some biscuits? You play some biscuits. Oh, really? Rendition, only you could do, man. Holy shit. Oh, thanks. Mind if I play another? Oh, yeah, sure. Let's do it. Bob Dylan, everybody. He's doing another Biscuit song. Thank you. 
You can do whatever the fuck you want. Oh, really? That, there's that G chord again, huh? I only know two chords. Oh, shit. This is my favorite disco biscuit song, right? Uh, let's do it. Oh, yeah. Well, I just took a lift up in the ceiling, With a stucky in my hand and a lighter in my hand. There's a transient in the backseat. You gotta go, Bob? Sure do, but I'll be back soon. All right, everybody, give it up for Bob Dylan, the legend. Wow, what great renditions of those songs. Thank you, Bob. Sure do, see you soon. And that is going to wrap up episode seven. I've been your host, Above the Dave. I want to thank Jay Dead for dropping in the studio. I want to thank COVID-19 for popping in and talking with us. I want to thank Widespread Panic for whatever that was. And, of course, a big, big thank you to Bob Dylan for, for playing some songs for us. It has been a great episode and a weird one, per usual. That's just how we do things here, people. Next week, I'm going to be talking about how we are living in the golden age of Chamban fandom. What does that mean? I'm going to get into it with you. Also, we're going to be talking with the lighting virtuoso that is Chris Kuroda. That's right, CK5 is dropping into the studio as well. We're going to get a one-word concert review by Adam Sandler. And also, we're going to talk to the up-and-coming star, Billy Strings. So you don't want to miss that, everybody. Again, thank you so much for tuning in. I've been Above the Dave, and I'll see you next week on The Lot Scene.